Welcome to the weekly Mission Red Bank podcast, helping the body of Christ build itself up together in love. Father, we thank you for this season, the beginning of a new year. We ask today, as we often do, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts and the meditations of each one of our hearts be pleasing to you, King Jesus. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Open our eyes, open our ears. Make us teachable and courageous. We pray through Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, I recently uh, had a conversation with a really good friend who's from out of town. We've been close, gosh, since we were little kids. And We've kept up with one another over the years. And he said something to me this week. Um, It saddened me, and it made me think of the passage we're looking at today. He said that he's never felt more disillusioned by Christianity than he does right now. He's grieved over how he continues to experience so many who openly claim Jesus, go to church, and keep rules, yet walk in ways and support ideals that are so very contrary to the heart of our king's character and teaching. When he processes through what he's witnessing, he says that there's sadly just not much he identifies with anymore. I get that. Oh, I remember being in that place, and as I listened empathetically thought to myself, how in need of Advent, he, I, and all of us really are. How much we need to remember that we come from a people who've always struggled to live fully into what we were created, who we were created to be, and how our good father even when angered by our disobedience, our hardened hearts, empty forms of religion, even when those things are so offensive to him, he always is faithful to his promises and calls us forward, reminding us of our ordained purpose being his covenant people, a light to the nations, his agents of reconciliation in his world, telling us that even in the moments when we fail him, we can in him be assured of our destiny, how he will bring about 
his plans to and through us. This is the heart, if you will, of Psalm 46.10. Most of us know the first half of it pretty easily. Be still and know that I am God. But the second half, I will be exalted in all the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. It's a sovereign declaration of God's covenant faithfulness and his love for us, saying, I will bring you around. Some 700 plus years before Jesus came, God spoke about this to our spiritual ancestors through the prophet Isaiah. Much like my friends lament, it was another time when we'd lost the heart of what it meant to be God's people. Our religion had become an empty shell, so much so, God literally said that he hated how we were doing what we were doing so much that he could no longer stand it. So he confronted us about it. And then, lovingly, with declaration of his sovereign intent and purpose and absoluteness, called us forward. He did it again. To me, the early words of Isaiah's prophecy, especially, and I encourage you to read this in celebration of Advent this week, go to Isaiah 1, read all of it, and then read the first five verses of Isaiah 2. When you read it, to me, it reads much like a parent, tough-loving, a drifting child who has no idea how at risk they are because they're believing in and acting in ways that are going to crush them and are going to keep them from being who they're created to be if they don't turn and make different choices. So when you read it, know this, it's confrontational, it's indicting, and it's redirecting. Do you think we need this? Maybe you'd, you've not really thought of how to apply or connect your day-to-day living with what you read in Scripture. But whatever you or we think about whether or not We need God's confrontation, indictment, and redirection. I will say this. If at any point we are drifting or rowing in a wrong direction, please hear me. It's loving for God to get our attention, stop us, and turn us from destruction to life. Amen? Jesus refers to God as a loving father. Which one of us, if we saw a child headed for destruction, would not take extreme measures to get them, stop them, and protect them? So he's confrontational. 
indicting and redirecting out of love. And brothers and sisters, we need his love. We do. Plus, as I said, going the wrong direction can keep us from living in to the purpose for which we're created in the world, to be his agent, agents, agent, if you think of us as one body, of light and reconciliation, to actively love one another as he has loved us, evidencing to the world the truth the beautiful fruit of the fulfillment of his teachings so that when he comes to put all things right, we, his people, will be found ready for his coming. What will that look like? We will be increasingly living out his teachings evidenced by not walking in empty religious practices, that won't be the evidence. The evidence will be us faithfully loving one another as he has loved us. Amen? Even 700 years before Jesus comes, God speaks through the prophet about this. Listen to what he said again. Nations will come saying this, come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. The nations. God says that people will want to know him and his ways, that that will manifest in them in such a way that it'll come forward. And in time, they'll come looking to him for how to walk in his paths. Why? Well, one, because that is the truth and the path for which all of us were created. But Isaiah is saying they'll come because they see us walking in those paths and it will call them. Something will resonate. God put us here for that. And please hear this clearly. I said it last week. I've said it before. There is no plan B. We're it. We are his agents of reconciliation. We are his witness in the world. So how you think, how you speak, how you choose, what you choose, how you live your life. These, if we're walking in the paths with that, will become a light to the nations. He says that when the nations come, he says this. He says that he'll honor them by judging the disputes that exist in humanity unto just reconciliation, bringing them together, ending war completely. I think that means all of the war that we see around the globe. I think it means all of the war between people who won't be reconciled. I think it even means the war within us with which we battle. He will end it. And this is how he describes it. He'll end it so that its instruments of destruction will be transformed into instruments of harvest and plenty. 
They'll beat the swords and the spears into instruments for tilling the soil and planting and harvesting. Death to life. That's what will happen. So in light of all this, the prophet says, O house of Jacob, come let us walk in the light of the Lord. And just to be clear, to the prophet, that meant Israel. But we who have been called to faith in Christ and through Christ to be God's covenant people in the world, we are the house of Israel. It's not just a temple made by hands. It's a body, a people who are his temple. So, O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. God who called forth light calls us, his people, into his light so that we can fulfill our destiny and become the light that calls the nations out of darkness. So that we who know in Christ there's good reason to hope will become conduits of this hope to all people. <coughs> Brothers and sisters, we belong to a people who walked for centuries upon centuries to see this hope realized. They prayed, they longed, they looked for God's words through his prophets to come true. And like us, while they walked, while they looked, while they prayed, they would get off course. They needed to be reminded. We've always needed to be reminded. We've always needed to be helped to remember who we are and why we're here. This Advent... We want to help one another remember this together. It's what Advent's all about. And we will always need Advent until he comes. Just like they needed that Advent and that time of hope and longing, we now live in a second Advent, hoping and longing and remembering that we come from a people who are very familiar to this. So love one another. Because love does no wrong to another. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of all God's teaching. And loving live lives, anticipating the coming of our King. Care about that. Remind one another of it. Living the life for which he created us is synonymous with making ready for his return. It's, it's this beautiful reality that God built into the cosmos. As you love one another, you will be fulfilling all for which I've created you. 
It's like when Christ called the apostles, he didn't say to Matthew, now don't be a wicked tax collector anymore, do this. He didn't say to Peter, don't do this, do this. He didn't say that to him. What did he say? He said, follow me. One thing. You do one thing, it settles it all. Same in this command. The new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. In St. Paul, in our reading this morning, we heard this is the fulfillment of all that God asks of us. So, house of Jacob, people of God, come. Let us walk in the light of the Lord and make ready for our King's coming. Amen? Amen. You've been listening to the Mission Red Bank Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Mission Red Bank or have questions about what you've heard today, you'll find us on Facebook. Grace and peace to you, and may God's blessings surround you.